Oh wow, so good to have you in back my head again. again. We're back again. Me? No, me. Okay. Hello. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast discussing the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. I'm Alex. And I'm Helen. And today we thought we'd have a little uh, chitty chat discussion (laughs) about the choral and the solo singing world. Oh, yeah. I know, so exciting. Both are things that we are super, super passionate about. We both love choral music and we both love solo singing and opera. And yeah, we just wanted to talk about uh, like the slight opposition sometimes between the two. Yeah. Yeah, So we'll talk about how, you know, they're sort of two sides of the same coin, really, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. If you, if the coin is singing, (laughs) then. (laughs) The world's best analogy. If the coin represents singing. Exactly. Then, you know, one side of it is choral and one side of it is solo singing. Anyway, uh, we'll come to that. And then, you know, we'll, we also want to talk about how the two sides don't really exist that harmoniously. Yeah. And, you know, the sort of funny divide that there is in the split between chorus singers and solo singers. Yeah. Um, and we'll also talk about how, you know, obviously it takes so much training to do either really mm. well. And mm. it's like, yeah, let's give both sides of that coin, back to the analogy, the respect that they deserve. Beautiful. Because a good choral singer and an ensemble singer is amazing as is a great opera singer yeah so you know starting with um us obviously we've we've both grown up through choral backgrounds yeah love to sing in a church god i do i really do (laughs) and i miss it yeah i miss the you know your ears uh, your ears are on antennas (laughs) you know you're constantly listening and reacting and and blending and trying to you know tune yourself and watching what everyone else is doing uh, and what the conductor's trying to tell you to do you know it's you're hyper aware and sensitive it's amazing and then you go out into the real world afterwards and you're like oh my god so many sounds yeah so much to react to yeah yeah um and having not done a lot of that for a while, I really miss it. I think for both of us, there's almost like a nostalgic emotional attachment to it based on like our university experience. And prior to that point, you know, we both were ensemble singers from like quite a young age. So with ensemble singing comes like a lot of fun, a lot of joy. Mm. What I thought you were describing there is that idea of you're a crucial part of a larger system and it's like you and everybody in the ensemble you're all working to create this like overall product and for me something that I absolutely loved about ensemble singing was being part of a team in that way so it's like we're all equal players I love being part of the team and and also there's something about having the opportunity to sing such beautiful music in such beautiful settings and you know for me it's profoundly moving and um yeah you know I I still do a fair bit of work in terms of church singing in London and I and I guess you know I I don't sing in the oratory and or like St Paul's or places like that where you might feel that way about about it but there was something about 
having a particular chapel that almost was like your home mm-hmm. because you were there all the time. And so for those three years, you would you knew that place inside out. It knew you. We sang great music. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I talk about it so fondly when like, it, for me, it wasn't even that. It was so stressful. Yeah, it, it was it was hard. But uh, there were so many things I, I do... I do love and miss about it. But yeah, like you say, this set of skills that are required of an ensemble singer, there's so many things. Mm. Um, You're often being asked to pick up music quite last minute. So you need to be able to read quite well. At the same time as sight reading, you need to be watching the conductor because you've got to get grips with tempi and dynamic quite quickly. So you're being asked to have... I guess quite quick cognitive processing skills in terms of reading the music and responding. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time as that, you're listening to everybody else around you. You're trying to tune, you're trying to blend. Yeah, I guess, you know, with with all of those skills that you have, you're then trying to make good music and play your part as that ensemble singer. Mm, And enjoy yourself at the same time. Yeah, Yeah. and I I think as you become, certainly like I found the more I did it, well, obviously, like any skill, you become better at it. And mm. so it becomes less kind of hard work and more almost just like it's a natural instinct. This is how I behave now. Yeah. You know, as Alex kind of mentioned earlier, we are in this unique position, perhaps, because we've both come through this choral background, but we both have taken a real interest or like a pursuit in more soloistic singing. We've spoken about all the amazing skills that choral and ensemble singers have, but, you know, solo singers as well, to be able to you know if it's just a a piano and voice recital the moment they walk on stage they're creating the story yes uh, and they're holding your attention and it's amazing how can two people on such a big stage potentially like draw your attention immediately and the moment the first chord is put down or the singer looks up Mm -hmm. they're telling a story and you're totally entranced by it yeah and you know there there are levels some people are so good at that some people not so good but when it's when it's top quality wow yeah yeah. you know you're totally drawn in and to be able to perform create this atmosphere and story from nothing really and sustain that for however long a recital or an operatic role is you know this suspension you're not in your real world anymore you're somewhere else with them what an amazing skill alongside that the ability to work with texts in different Mm. languages the ability to use your voice in a more well simply soloistic way it's it's not the case that you're part of the team in this respect you're taking a different kind of role and as you say you know when it's just you and a piano that's a huge amount of responsibility Mm. to carry but you know as you again you were saying when you see top quality performances you can feel it you are you're completely cast in their spell and it's it's also you know it's not just it's not just in the different colors of the voice and the storytelling it's the way they hold themselves it is the facial expressions yeah yeah yeah, there's Mm. so much happening there and and both of these sides of this coin if we're going back to the coin analogy they are incredible skill sets they're different and they do have overlap but ultimately they are quite different and something that i think we feel quite aware of is that these two sides of the coin opera singing or solo singing and choral singing kind of sit in opposition Mm, as you were mm -hmm, saying mm -hmm. there isn't this i don't know there isn't this love for one another that i think i would prefer to see there's actually this kind of you know solo singing looks down on choral singing Mm. and choral singing looks down on solo singing they both consider themselves as 
more advanced in one way or another than the other. I think, you know, we were saying often choral singing can kind of look at solo singing and be like, well, there's no kind of intellectual strength required there. They're just singing loudly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they just sing. They just stand up and they sing. And that's all it is. When in reality, when you see a fantastic solo singer, everything about that performance, it it takes so much strength. It Mm. takes so much stamina it takes so much self-confidence in a way that I'm not sure is is quite the same in ensemble singing because as we were saying before you it's just you are the sole perpetrator of that story whatever Mm -hmm. that story may be if it's a song if it's a role in an opera that is on just you whereas Mm -hmm. obviously if you're a choral singer you are within a team of Mm -hmm. let's say six ten twelve singers whatever it may be and so I I do refute that idea that solo singers are not intellectual yeah Yeah, because at the end of the day so often they're translating the text they're thinking about the the poem or the libretto they're looking at whatever the composer's done in order to kind of spin that musical web if you are in an opera you're having to deal with stage directions Mm -hmm. other characters on stage you're also trying to look at the conductor at the same time and then you're thinking about your own physical singing technique really actually as a solo singer you're spinning six seven eight nine plates Mm -hmm, to -hmm. make the music work so I think it's it's a shame when you see ensemble singers kind of talk about solo singers in that way. Yeah, and similarly, solo singers will look down on choral singers and ensemble singers and be like, well, you know, you're not really using your voice properly, are you? You're just crooning or whatever the word is, I don't know. If you were on stage at the Albert Hall, no one would hear you. Who cares? That's not the point. It's not. You don't want a, a choir to be made up of... 12 Pavarotti's do you oh imagine that uh, would be yes, good you yeah do. actually <laughs> <laughs> no I know what you mean though it's that world of when solo singers sing in ensembles they don't have that amassed skill set yeah, yeah yeah exactly and the awareness maybe of everything going on around them because as you said as a solo singer you ju- you ha- you are spinning so many things at once Absolutely. you know if you drop one of them no one to blame but yourself and everyone will boo you off the stage <laughs> <laughs> great industry yeah right you're not part of a supportive hopefully team and that's the thing to be a really healthy choral singer you need to be so in command of your voice and understand how it works because you know if you're a a tenor for example singing palestrina you're having to sing these oh i know singing the world's greatest music you know f's and g's pianissimo probably straight tone so hard you have to be so in control of your instrument in order to do that in a safe and healthy manner so this idea like oh well you know you're not a solo singer you're not singing properly it's like no 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 it's just a different way of singing and go on you try doing that you try doing that for five minutes let alone a whole program 14 times a week no two weeks (laughs) yeah to be able at a moment's notice from the conductor it may not be rehearsed it may be a thing just spare the moment in the in the show the conductor will say oh come on let's get everyone in this moment for this bit and you have to react immediately and you may not have practiced that and got that in your voice as pianissimo but you react and you do it and to be a choral singer in the long run and to maintain your voice takes so much stamina and and good technique doesn't it it again seems like a shame to me that we you know hear that kind of commentary and you know i i must say coming from my background and going to conservatoire i got a lot of comments that i like sang like a choral Mm. singer behaved like a choral singer and it's like i understand that yes i have come to conservatoire in order to develop you know my skills as a soloist 
but I'm also very proud of my tradition mm-hmm. as a choral singer. That's how I've made half of my living since I've been a graduate, a working professional. And that is music that brings me immense joy and satisfaction. So I find it a little bit jarring, perhaps a little bit confusing when people use like, oh, you're singing like a choral singer as a derogatory mm-hmm. comment. Like mm-hmm. I know what they're saying, you know, that, it, that it's like, you know, I'm not really behaving as a soloist. You know, I'm not perhaps presenting myself with that stage. Pizzazz. Yeah, stage presence. And absolutely, yes, take that on board. Something I want to work on. However, I am a choral singer. Yeah, I, I literally... I can't get rid of it. It's what I've been doing for the last 15, 16 years, let's be honest. So, old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so therefore, when, when people use that as a, a, a derogatory comment, I just always think that's a bit, um, yeah. a bit of a shame. And also on the flip side of that, it's then frustrating if some kind of ensemble project comes up and they're like, oh, Helen, can you come and be part of that? And it's like, right, so I'm being criticized for being a choral singer, but when you need a choral singer, you'll ask me. Choral singing can be difficult because your conductor can ask you to do things that perhaps you don't necessarily know quite how to do Mm. um, with good technique. And I was thinking about that because some people, when they're at music college, continue to pursue choral Mm -hmm, uh, engagements. And that's great. And that's fantastic. You know, for me, it's like, if you have those skills, why wouldn't you use them? They're they're really wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) But it can be tricky if you're continually putting yourself in a musical situation that means you have the potential to compromise your technique mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're asking you to do lots of things that you you don't know how to do. Or, you know, what if you're changing your technique at college and then you're in the choral world and it's like, I actually, I'm in the middle of massively... Upheaval. Yeah, yeah, renovating what's happening here. So you're asking me to go pianissimo and all I know is my old way of doing yeah. that. And so, of course, you do it because mm-hmm. that's all you can do. I think I'm saying from personal experience, I've been in that position where you do a set of things because somebody's asked you to do them. And then you come home and you try and do some solo singing a day later and you sound like a bin. <laughs> you know, because um, you've you've gone back to perhaps old ways. Your, yeah. your new technique that you're trying to establish isn't quite ready for that. And, and that's tricky because... Mm. Um, I, th- I think again for both of us as people that straddle the two sides of this this situation you want to be doing your choral singing but you're also developing your solo singing and I think I said to you it made me laugh like because of the pandemic I've been doing a lot of work on solo singing and obviously not very much choral singing I'm now as like officially like relatively shit at both <laughs> because my skills of one have gone down <laughs> and my skills of one have gone up a little bit and so I'm now just like average <laughs> in all areas you've nailed it yeah that's perfect yeah <laughs> yeah that's it's so true about you know when you're i mean particularly for me i had so many choral habits to undo oh <laughs> my goodness but you, you know i was still going to do sunday services because i really enjoyed them and you know it was bread and butter money wise so you know it's important but i well i kind of wish that conservatoire helped and supported that I was doing both of them at the same time rather than I guess in an ideal world I would be able in their eyes to just drop that and just focus on my solo singing for a bit but I couldn't and I didn't want to also so you know a way of teaching me to work with both yeah you know for as long as I wanted to and you know I still want to so rather than it got to the stage where I just didn't tell them that I was doing services and I never told my teacher I was doing services which is so stupid you know Wednesday even song classic 
you I would have to leave there at I know 3 30 to get to the rehearsal at 4 15 or something and I would just say oh I've got a rehearsal for you know a solo project yeah. at the Met at the Wigman <laughs> Which, how how silly is that? Yeah, you know? and I think it's funny because, again, from certain people, you often hear them say, like, oh, it's really wonderful that you have these choral connections because that means you're working a lot, you know, you're using your voice and, and people are hearing it and you're you're having the opportunity to sing and perform, et cetera, et cetera. But, yes, I also agree that people regularly talk about how, well, essentially, the choral tradition and the solo tradition are two different styles of singing. And... Obviously, for certain people that are attempting a transition, there has mm. to be a period of reconciliation where it's like, okay, I can't do this and that in the same breath. However, it would be good, I think, if institutions and teachers felt there was a way of kind of supporting both, exactly mm, like mm-hmm, you said, mm-hmm, because yeah. often they'll praise the fact that you're doing the choral work, but then it'll, you'll be singing and they'll they'll criticize the fact that you're doing the choral work. And then it'll be an oratorio class and you'll be praised for the fact that, you know, you've got a set of skills here that, and it's very obvious. But then it'll come to singing some other repertoire and you'll just be told that you're a choral singer again. And it's like, right, so when it suits, this is an asset. And when it when it doesn't, then exactly. it's then it's a failure. Mm. It's a shame that there's that attitude. And then conversely, you know, when you end up in your choral setting and perhaps you're singing something, I remember being in a service and uh, we sat down after like the Kyrie and this the soprano next to me got her phone out, was texting her friend and said that I was a really wobbly voice. Oh, no. And I remember reading it and I <laughs> thought, my goodness, how horrible. And like, fine, I have some vibrato. And that's, that's yeah, nice. but I just, I was so, I was hurt. There is that, that additional, you know, with sometimes when you're in the choral world and people, you, you don't sound how people want you to sound yeah. and you don't behave how people want you to behave. And so it just becomes this kind of like, oh, well, they're just kind of singing for themselves or like, oh, they're not listening to anybody around them. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, I am. I really am listening. Like, this is important to me. You're just trying to incorporate your new... Technique. Your new, yeah, and uh, Okay, I'm not perfect yet, but also you're flat. So, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not sitting here texting somebody, mm. telling them that. Yeah, sometimes I just, that really sticks out yeah. in my mind. I was really disappointed by that whole kind of encounter. But just the way that these two sides don't seem to be able to uphold one another in yeah. any way. You know, like choral singing can't seem to find a way to welcome in some of those voices. And solo singing can't seem to understand or like reconcile the skills that come from choral singing and I think something that we were trying to suggest and recommend today is that both are incredible talents Mm -hmm. and both take a lot of training and skill to be good at and so I suppose we're kind of looking for like a mutual respect of both and I think alongside that mutual respect something we were talking about is like within that respect there needs to be an understanding of what goes into each one. And I think therefore what we're trying to say is, you know, they both deserve time and respect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love both both works of art. Yeah. I don't want to see either of them ruined or destroyed. Of course it goes without saying that so much of this is just our opinion. <laughs> and people can do whatever the hell they want, whenever the hell they want. No. But I think we're also two people that are really quite big on um, context. And therefore, when I see 
yeah like a victoria motet or mm. a palestrina motet i do in my head i think about period yeah. and i think about style and i think about uh even location and when all those things are right for me that it just makes the piece like almost a thousand times better because i'm like this is it this is how you would hear it and and got into that tuning and and you know that that kind of purity of tone mm. amazing um and then equally i don't know if you're singing like a let's say a wolf song or something, you know, there's an understanding of what the piano part's doing. There's an understanding that we're in the, you know, the German romantic period. There's an understanding of the text. Mm. It's not just saying text yeah, for yeah, the yeah. sake of it's words. It's not just strong consonants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's not even just being able to translate the poem. It's what does that poem mean mm. to you? Who are you when you're singing the poem? What was the poet thinking when they were writing it? How did Wolf or whoever translate it? So I, I think both of us feel when, when it's so obvious that all of these things have been considered in both genres, they just shine so much brighter. Mm, 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 mm. I think because we're such fans of both, it frustrates us when we hear like one talk disparagingly of the other yeah for sure because both are so so wonderful i suppose it's also like you know the idea that oh you know i'm a classical singer so i can just like croon through jazz songs or or pop songs (laughs) or something it's like but you're singing them really badly and you've totally missed the point of those of that whole genre yeah Uh, i have to agree and and the other side as well you know you wouldn't want to hear a jazz singer scream their way through ness and dorma either would you yeah yeah uh so you know it's it's the respect thing yeah yeah definitely and i guess you know so many of the great british singers (laughs) you know that grew up and came from a choral background yeah. and you know are proud of that and and always talk about that as well you yeah. know as a counselor you know Yeston Davies Michael Chance all yeah. of these amazing people and they will freely talk about their choral experiences and always do talk about it because they loved it yeah. and they still love it yet also they're doing lots of stage work uh, etc and you know there are other non tenor singers yeah absolutely i mean you've got roddy williams sarah connolly came out through the bbc singers i'm um, carolyn sampson with x cathedra alan clayton mm, you know mm-hmm. was, was it john's it's a proud part of these singers tradition mm-hmm. and it's wonderful to see that so again when you're in these contexts and people kind of say oh kind of sounding like, a, like a choral singer mm-hmm. and it's like hey why don't we try and like use that skill yes and build each other up you know we'll build you up you build us up Mm. and then surely we're all like just better off somehow either side there were great musicianship skills there and i'm I'm not sure why Mm. we're so critical of of one to the other and i and i do sometimes wonder if it's because there is this crossover you know people agree to sing in services and then they turn up and they can't sight read and you're you're not quite sure so everyone hates them and then categorizes and then and then you know conversely you end up seeing certain people in positions that surprise you singing solos that you didn't expect and and then you're kind of like oh right okay so you're just doing this now and i think it's almost that misappropriation where you put the wrong singer in the wrong context mm. that makes people kind of feel like oh chorus singing is only this and solo singing is only this yeah but like anyone who is in the wrong context will stick out like a sore thumb won't yeah they? yeah i think that's absolutely yeah. true you know referring back to previous episodes about things like portfolio careers mm, mm-hmm. we are being asked to be more flexible and to have these various strings to our bow yeah. and so if I am training as a soloist, that's terrific. But I also perhaps 
want to keep my ensemble singing going because that's a different stream of income that's a different set of skills that's a different artistic project that I'm enjoying Mm. and I would hope that over the course of time you know I'm building a technique that allows me to be relatively flexible i.e i can go and sing in an ensemble and that be a successful experience and i can go and sing perhaps somewhere as a soloist and that be a successful experience too however i'm coming to both with a full knowledge and understanding of what each takes yeah i might suck at both (laughs) but i do get it i get what each genre requires of me and i think it always surprises me in particular like when you get to choruses in operas because obviously like the tradition that we come from means you know we're quite exacting Mm. and we're thinking about harmony and like everybody kind of singing on the downbeat together getting it right and uh i i do remember yeah the first kind of chorus rehearsal i was in i was like it's so different but you adapt you're like right i understand it's this isn't about Mm. being on the downbeat and this isn't about uh tuning that third it's kind of like a Big sound moment, mm-hmm. and let's mm-hmm. all enjoy it. But that's important. Imagine seeing a choir like Tenebrae. Love, 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 yeah, love. Yeah, but yeah. imagine if they're doing the choruses of Rigoletto on yeah, stage. I'd be like, ah, uh, leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't make sense. And yeah, similarly, when you when you come over to, to sing at a service, it's not about me and my sound mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about working with the group and ensuring, 100%. yeah, you know. Fitting in. Precision and blending and tuning and yeah, being able to kind of facilitate that different side of the coin. Yeah, there's also... We haven't written this down, actually. This is just me winging it. Um, something also is, oh, you're an intellectual singer. Oh, you're coming at this intellectually. And that really, really annoys me. It's like, yeah, I have a brain. Thanks very much. Yeah, I remember saying something in a rehearsal for one of the many opera things I did in my past. Um <laughs> And I don't know, I was talking about the harmony and how the third then became a fourth and it was fitting in with the ground bass. And I was like, oh, that's unusual. But yeah, so boring. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you're uh, an intellectual singer. I see, I see. Well, maybe just don't think so much. Just sing yes, it. It's like, yes, what? I know, I know. How dare you? I was yeah. so angry. Okay. And it's like, you know, you're in an opera context. So you don't have your own thoughts. The director and the conductor have their thoughts and you follow them blindly. There is no uh, democracy here. What they say goes. It's like, no, no, no. I feel very strongly about this aria for XYZ because I've read about it. And, you know, I've come to my own musical conclusions about this. And obviously I want to talk about them and be flexible and I'll listen to other people's. But also... Don't just like expect me to roll over like a puppy and do whatever you say. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. And it's quite patronizing to be like, oh, you're an intellectual singer. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does that mean when you say that? And also the concept of don't think drives me batty because it's like i've spent my life overthinking and now being like, oh, don't think. It's like, I can't just switch it off. So you've got to help me. What am I thinking about? Mm. Like, explain to me. Again, having spent some time in conservatoire, I I am quite surprised like how people speak to singers, and you know they're like, so have you have you looked at the poem? It's like yes. What do you think? I'm singing oh, no. it. <laughs> how could I have not looked at the poem? Do you know what language it's in? Yeah. Have you any? <laughs> yeah, there, there seems to be this this confusing kind of assumption that singers are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they're singers dumb. So yeah, yeah. 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 That's not the case. God damn it. (laughs) 
Thanks if you've made it this far in this episode. Yeah. If you enjoyed this, if you have any thoughts on being a solo singer or a choral singer or how these two interact with one another, how they approach one another, we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us via our email address, where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. And our shiny website, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still going to say shiny and you, even though it's not my, uh, which is www.where'smyfreakingdressingroom.com. We're also on social meds. Catch us out on the tweets at dressing room po1 on insta at dressing room pod and facebook forward slash dressing room pod um give us a five star review don't be shy give it a try oh (laughs) wow and um subscribe thanks this was a great episode on the nichest of niche topics i know so many people are gonna listen that's what we're here for but for now we're gonna love you and leave you uh, arrivederci oh nice um bye Boston. No, it's not. That's like later. No, <laughs> no, like that's that. correct. Oh. Who cares?